Thanks for joining us for Season 7 of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders of Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy. I'd like to introduce you to my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the Restaurant Guy. And thanks for the blah, 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 blah. Thanks for the introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, we are the personalities behind branded strategic hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, food service, technology, innovation, and capital. And I got to tell you something, Jimmy. I got to tell you, seventh season, we got another phenomenal show. I'm not going to say it's the best show, but it's... I think this could be the best guest we've ever had. I mean, I can't tell it's going to be the best show because we don't have it yet. I was going to say, we haven't had the show yet. You're making predictions. This will be the best show. (laughs) I think it could be the best show we've ever had. All right. We know the guest. We've met the guest. We've sat and spoken to the guest. So I think we we can say with full conviction, this is going to be the best show we've ever had. But, Jimmy, before I get into it, i got to tell you, uh, last night I was at Isabelle's, one of our favorite restaurants, obviously, uh, speaking to one of our partners, a cracked open, a delicious bottle of 1986 Bordeaux. That was absolutely just delightful. It's a good year. It's a good year. And you know what we were talking about? You know what we were talking about, Jimmy? The New York Mets, 1986 Mets. No, no, no. Right. Orn, you know, doesn't really know much about baseball. All no, right, we were right. talking about where would someone go to find the best-in-class technology solutions to run their restaurant? That's what Orrin asked me. I said, Orrin, it's funny you say that. The branded marketplace, that's where everyone goes. That's what I was going to tell his friend, he said. That's what he's going to tell his friend. You go to the branded marketplace, Jimmy, and it's loaded. It's 400 and something companies that are the best in class tech solutions. Jimmy, if you want to get on the marketplace, I mean, if you have a great technology, some sort of innovative solution that will help a restaurant, you know what you got to do? You just text me, Jimmy, or you email me. Marketplace at brandestrategic.com. Jimmy, I'll get you on there in like minutes. Minute. I won't, but someone will. I won't, oh, but yeah. someone will. <laughs> That's good. Jimmy, That's good. last thing I want to tell you about the marketplace, Jimmy. Yeah. It's the cost. The cost is what I think is so unique here. Very expensive. Very expensive. Oh, no, no, Jimmy. Zero. 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 No cost. Zero. As uh, as Jerry Seinfeld's uh, dad would like to say, uh, how do you make money uh, charging zero? Volume, Jimmy. Volume, volume, he'd say. <laughs> we'll make it up in volume. Excellent. All, All right, right, Jimmy. I, my shameless plug is over. Let's go, right. baby. I want to kick in the show. Before we do, Shaz, you and I, people have said, spend a lot of time together. So let's see. I'm thinking of one word. Can you read my mind? Boom, baby. Boom. That is it. It's boom. boom. Guys, get ready. We're dropping that Easter eggs all over the place. Boom. Get ready for boom. All right. We are very excited for today's show, and we also appreciate our guest patience for that self-promotion of the branded marketplace. Our guest today is our friend, Mr. Tom Gordon, president and CEO of Slim Chicken's Restaurant. Tom, we are thrilled uh, to have you on the podcast. Uh, we hope you don't fire your PR person for booking you on the podcast. Um, uh, but we, 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 we're looking forward to the episode. You can hear uh, we're excited. Can you give us a little background about yourself? And of course, introduce our listeners to Slim Chickens. Yes, of course. Thank you so much. And now I'm certain I've been oversold now with the introduction <laughs> of this best show you've got. But uh, my name is Tom Gordon. I'm the president, CEO, and co-founder of Slim Chickens Restaurants. Um, you know, I started off, you know, I went to college in Texas and was on the finance, you know, stockbroker track. And uh, as I got my job and was cold calling old folks for bonds, which really sucked, 
that went out the window in about four weeks and my restaurant <laughs> career began. Um, you know, and what I started with was this odd setup of a finance and real estate degree. And then I went right into waiting tables and tending bar and doing things that a lot of us do when we are Sounds not like quite Jimmy. Sure Sounds like Jimmy, right? Yep. <laughs> well, Jimmy and I have lots of things I always talk about on the, on the money and capital world, right? But anyway, uh, you know, I, I worked for uh, Brinker early on in the, in the Matt Grill heyday. And then I moved on from there and I worked with the Sunset Conglomerate in uh, Los Angeles. And I came back in... Uh, you know, 2000, at the end of 2001, and started the conceptualization. We started before on the phone, of course, when I was in LA, but really got the the brand put together with my partner, Greg Smart, and we opened February 17th of 2003. Um, we've had a, a great run. You know, we were broke for a decade, but we survived that. And, you know, we've, uh, uh, you know, had a really great time and a great run, and we're in our 19th year, and uh, Slim Chickens is, you know, all over the United States, and we have 23 international locations, which we'll touch on later. And, uh, you know, we're very happy to talk to you guys and promote the brand and, and talk about the business. Hey, Shats, before before you jump in, I always love this. You know, you hear about 2,300 stores. You hear about the success they're having. And inevitably, some of them say, you know, Tom, Greg, you guys were overnight successes. And they forget. Yeah, overnight plus you know nineteen years. Yeah, no, um, years. Yeah, it all, you know that that is the the grind, the commitment, starting as the wait on the wait the wait staff, the bartender, where you and I chat, um, uh, certainly to display our uh, our uh, mixology skills. But again, nineteen years, and now there's twenty three hundred stores. Congrats on all the success. Knowing it was a uh, a journey. All right, chat. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, no, no, you're not interrupting, Jimmy. This is a this is a free flowing podcast, baby. Oh, in that case, I'll take it, it back. No anyway, so what? If, no, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. Listen, I think that it, I, look, it was very interesting. I'd like to take a little deeper dive into what makes Tom Gordon tick. How how did Slim Chickens really come? You talk a little about how it came about. You were a banker. Your bonds. You're doing this. Your brinker. This and that. But let's talk a little bit about how Slim Chickens was created. Um, uh, we, we hear about Steve Jobs. We hear about entrepreneurs like Jeff Bezos, Bezos, Bezos. Is it Bezos or Bezos? J Jimmy, help me here. I never heard of the guy. Who, Jeff what? Jeff Bezos? Oh, what's, what's <laughs> or Bezos? Does anyone know is it Bezos or Bezos? Be it's Bezos. Are you sure? Why not? You, okay. you got, you got like Richard Branson. <laughs> and by the way, you know, Richard Branson, by the way, also, you know, Oren told me he was, he was at his, his island last week and he was playing chess with Richard Branson. I got to tell you, pretty cool, right? I'll show you the picture tomorrow. Uh, these guys all started their careers as entrepreneurs out of garages, right? Out of garages. Seems like that's the place to start a business, out of a garage. And you came up with Slim Chickens out of a garage with your partner, Greg. There's got to be a good story here. Let's let's hear your garage entrepreneurial story. Tom, this is this is Shatsy's Fraser Crane moment. <laughs> Tom, we're listening. We're listening, and and it's not for you know boxes and boxes of raincoats, right? Um, hey, so, by the way, Steve Jobs, Jeff Bezos, Richard Branson, Tom Gordon—it's not bad company. Good company. It's not bad company. company. That's right. And I listen. I will take that company, uh, you know, all, all, all the way. And I can assure you, they're not listening. <laughs> so not yet. You know, as when I moved back after we had talked about doing this together, Greg Smart and I, we. We had to put the brand together. We knew it was going to be a tender concept. No one in Northwest Arkansas was doing tenders uh, or, or wings, for that matter, 20 years ago. And you know, we believed we could spoke off around the country to Kansas City and Tulsa and Oklahoma City and Memphis. And we've done all that you know, so far. And so with 
with that, what we did was, you know, we tested our recipes. We mixed breading, we mixed sauces, and we, and we, yeah, I say test. It was really a bunch of us around a turkey fryer in Greg's garage. But we gave all our friends notes and pads and paper, and what do you think about this? And the texture of the food, the flavor of the food, and you know, the sizing of the plates and how the fries looked. And I wish I could have kept the notes, Bob, but I, I, I didn't. But you know, as as the more drinks were consumed, the later on in the evening went, the better our scores got. And so we knew exactly where and we had to head. tasted too, I'll bet. <laughs> of course, exactly. <laughs> so, but, you know, the, in all seriousness, because I'd been in the restaurant business and the space before, I could get a hold of the right, you know, broadliners. I had a guy drive a semi into my residential neighborhood and pissed off all our neighbors. We unloaded it and got all the stuff out. We tried what we knew we could buy at that time from the broadliners and then honed in on, the appropriate product set to really make sure that we could do it, you know, and now that we have 170 open units and thousands of commitments, you know, we really are still tracking the, the majority of the stuff that we put together back then in, in the garage uh, from the garage. We found our first spot and the rest is, you know, 19 years of history. That's a, I mean, I gotta tell you, it's a great story. The chicken tenders out of the garage. I mean, yeah, I love it. I love right. it. I wish I was there having drinks, eating some tenders. Well, listen, I got to tell you one more thing. Jimmy, we got breaking news. I don't know if you knew this. There's breaking news on the podcast today. Are you ready? Tom, Tom will be the judge of whether you're really breaking news. We have breaking news. This is just coming in. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh-huh. Okay. I uh, hear it. Yes. Okay. Slim Chickens wait a minute, has just opened its 170th store outside Iowa. The doors have just opened. It is right now... Uh, Nine o'clock in the morning in Iowa City, and the store has just opened 170 stores. That is breaking news. And this comes after the UK expansion with, I don't know, 30-something stores in the UK. And I got to tell you, you guys are on pace now. Correct me if I'm wrong. 600 units by 2025. Can I quote you on that? Uh, no. But, okay. but very close. Uh- <laughs> Okay, you cannot know, quote me on that. <laughs> but we did open a store in Iowa, yes? Oh, yes. N- number 170 opened up in Ankeny, Iowa, and it's, you know, blowing the doors off. We got police out there directing traffic and trying to keep the mobs organized. But they are very happy mobs, and we are happy that they love us <laughs> and happy that they are coming in. Um, you know, I, our original goal was 600 by 2025. I, in all honesty, COVID slowed us down by, I think, about a year. I think we'll hit it in 2026. Um but, Breaking you know, we're, we're, 600 units by 2026. <laughs> Can I yeah, quote you on that? You can quote me on that. <laughs> okay. All right. There we go. <laughs> well done. I, uh, I think we got that. We got we got that done just fine. Well played, Shasty. Well played, Mr. Gordon. All right, Tom. You have been a major champion of tech, recognizing long ago uh, that tech is here to stay. And I'd like to say that we uh, we share that. Uh, we share that view uh, with you, and, and we're also an early adopter. Um, it's your theory that while white tablecloth restaurants will always be part of the industry, uh, part of the industry's DNA, these types of concepts are going to become more and more experiences or experiential dining. But for everyone else, um, technology is the key to survival. Can you share a little bit more about this? Yeah, of course. I, I think that, that for, we, we recognized that early on, and you can see in the early 2000s, people are trying to adopt different ways versus just, you know, production kitchens in the back of, you know, fast food restaurants. Right. And so we, we were early adopters of, of, of better POS systems. We were early adopters of, you know, digital menu boards and being able to change 
products and LTOs on a quick pace and a quick run. You know, we had six, seven, eight, nine, ten stores. We could really do that stuff fast. And, you know, and then I think the most consequential um, investment we made and, and, and thing we did was we, we invested in a, a really robust app and loyalty system about a year before COVID showed up. And we started that two years before that. And it was a lot of money back then to us. And we weren't sure, or I don't know, man, should we do this or not? But we felt like it had to get done because we knew it'd be table stakes in the future. Lucky we did because that helped us sell, maintain comps, and communicate to our guests through COVID. And if we wouldn't have had it, I mean, we'd have, we'd have been in a much different position today uh, than, than we are. And, and it, you know, that embracing of technology app-based ordering, online ordering, curbside delivery through the app, and then all the ancillary parts and pieces, I mean, made the year 2020 for us and made sure 2021 stayed on track. And here we are in 2022. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Uh, you know, it's uh, hospitality operators, restaurant operators as a whole, we generally are not uh, on the cutting edge of technology. So fortunate for you guys, you uh, had the foresight to uh, – to embrace tech early on as you grew your brand, and that's that's just awesome. Sticking with this theme on tech and innovation, uh, we're seeing a lot now with robots. We're seeing a lot of automation, uh, you know, in the back of the house, in the front of the house. Um, you guys are currently testing some uh, food running robots in some of your locations. Uh, what's the reaction been? I mean, I've seen these at some of the trade shows. I think a couple of the some of the big chains are testing them, rolling around. Uh, there's a company, Bear Robotics, that's doing some work there. What's the reaction been? The feedback from the customers and the employees is it helping the employees out? Are the customers freaked out by this? Talk a little about it. I, I think it's, it's it's been fun to see. You know, we got a, a franchisee that's testing this for us, and they were very uh, embracing of this type of technology. And, I, and the first thing that the, that the that the team members see is they're worried that the robot won't get it right. They're like, it's going to go to the wrong table. I don't know what to do. And so, <laughs> and so the team cares and they're afraid the robot's going to screw up. But <laughs> once, it, once it gets going and has delivered an item and comes back and it works and it does it again and again and again, like, okay, this is useful to us. Currently, it's not ever going to replace somebody watching, right? You know, hospitality is hospitality. You got to take care of the guests. You got to see people, you know, what they're doing and look them in the eyes and make sure they're happy. But I think this is an adapt an adaptable technology with the right footprint in a restaurant. Not all restaurants will it work, right? You know, and there's some there's some tight spots where y'all live in New York City where it, it sure as hell wouldn't work. But um, if you have if you have the space and you have the lanes where this where this robot can go, you can set it to find the RFID code on the table number and put a food on there and boom, it goes right there, pauses, food goes off, comes right back, gets another one. And it's been interesting. And I think that we're going to continue to expand that over the next probably, you know, two to three years. It's like a, it's like a helper to the waiter. It is. It's, it's, it's a helper. I mean, you got to have somebody there watching the show, like I said, but it's, right. it's, it's a useful piece of the puzzle. It's like adding would, a, a third arm to the waiter. It, totally. Exactly. I was going to say, I think I got something with this robot. Uh, Tom was saying, you said it. Here you go. Check this out, Chatsy. What do you think? You said it and forget it. 
Did you just come up with that, Jimmy? Because I love that. It, just, it, it came to me. It just came to me. Brand it came to me. Set it and forget it. Coin that. It came to me. There we go. I'm calling right. our trademark attorney right now, Jimmy. Yeah, and any attorneys out there, don't don't call me about on that. I know I infringed. I was just joking. So about you it. didn't come up with that line. That's yeah. not yours. You know what? Maybe, maybe not. You know what? I want. I can't deny or I can't confirm or deny. All right, listen. I want to continue. <laughs> uh, you talked about automation. I want to continue with the AI space. I know, Tom, you are also very focused on AI and specifically voice ordering and are currently testing AI in your drive-throughs, um, specifically testing accuracy, uh, order accuracy. Um, can you tell us and our listeners, how's that going so far? Any initial feedback that you can share? Well, th this is certainly bleeding edge technology. This is a, a not a human taking an order via phone or via drive-through. And it's, it's a big leap and it, you know, it, it scares me because I believe in taking care of guests and hospitality and that's what we do for a living. Right. But they have improved this technology to the point where I was ready to green light a test and it's coming along. Now it's a slow process. You do it for a little bit, then you pause and measure and wait a week. And then you do it again for a little bit and you pause and measure and wait a week. And there are still several obstacles like big truck engine noise, and sirens running around while somebody's at the drive-through and different heights of vehicles. And so the things we're working on those particular items to make sure we can get a really good uh, fill rate and accuracy rate from without having the failover system go to a, a person. And, you know, that's really been, it, it, it's, it is exciting and, it, you know, for what it's worth, I think it's I think it's going to get there, uh, you know, sooner than than later. But it's it's going to be a, a machine learning iterative process, uh, you know, from here to the end of time, to make to make sure that the failover system isn't engaged until it absolutely has to be. But we're excited about it. Tom, is it if if it's a bad question? Um, we like to say uh, no such thing as bad questions. Uh, although I'll, I might test the waters here. Um, are you comfortable, or can you say who you're using to test and and move forward with this? Uh, you know this this AI um, technology for your drive-throughs. I'm gonna I'm gonna text the CEO first and say if he gets a ton okay. of money because I say this, then uh, I get part of it, right? Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? We, we are we are not investigative reporters. We are just investors <laughs> who have a good time on a podcast. So uh, I will say that we do not want you extending uh, anything uncomfortable, but we'll simply say we agree with you, Shatz and I, and the, and the branded team think that the voice AI space is critically important. And um and 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 I'll leave it at that. We think it's a it's a big it's a big deal. Um, yeah. listen, I love to talk about the opportunity to ask our our guests where they fall, you know, with respect to branded's position. Uh, we like to say the pandemic has changed nothing and accelerated everything. So I'd like to ask you, Tom, um, what's been the single most accelerated use of tech that has come about as a result or since the pandemic, in your opinion? Well, I. I I touched on it earlier. It's 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 the use of the app on a phone to order yep. from our restaurants, either curbside delivery to the drive-through, or just picking it up. That I mean, you know, before before the you know the pandemic showed up, you know, we were running ten to twelve percent app orders. You know, now it's the, the, the digital side of the business is thirty plus yep. percent and growing exponentially yep. all the time, right? And so it it, it changed, and, and it's interesting because. As we see dining rooms come back, the percentage, look at percentages of, of dining room business, it's slower than it, than it was before the, the pandemic even. But the dollars aren't, which means the channel 
is still what it is. The channel has come back to what it was before, but everything else around it has gone as is, is more, which is drive through digital app, you know, and online. And so all those channels continue to grow at this pace that it's, it, that it's shrinking the percentage of, of, of dine in, but not necessarily the, the dollars and the usage, but those items now, and, and, you know, and we thought that maybe once the pandemic slowed down, like third party delivery would might slow down, hasn't still going via the app and, and, and moving. And so we have, have taken the position that we have to embrace this. We have to continue to refine our app. We got to refine our processes and we got to make sure we can serve the guests in, in these channels that they want to be served in. You know, when we talk about, and then I'll shut up, Shazzy, but when we talk no, about. No, no, Jimmy, it's fluid, baby. Fluid, when we talk about how the accelerate, things have accelerated as opposed to change, um, I couldn't agree more. And I love your answer because we branded, we, we were using the BYOD. We'd embraced bring your own device technology in some of our full service restaurants. Um, believing that it was it was needed and to, to address labor issues and give the guests more control. But to the point, the adoption wasn't there. It wasn't being embraced. We had it. By the younger, by the younger demographic, it was, I would say, Jim. Yes, I would I take say that, yes. yes, the younger yeah. folks. Your dad yeah. never liked it and still doesn't like it. He's, and he still doesn't. But you're he right. It like was it. being embraced by certain uh, generations, but not by all. And with the pandemic, it's now become this totally fluid and it is, is, if you can use your phone, you can use the apps and, and use the URLs and use the QR codes to navigate the restaurants on-premise and off-premise. So I just think that is, I agree with you, that has been the singular most adopted uh, tech in the industry has been the comfort with now using your own device to navigate your experience with a, uh, with a restaurant. I, I would just that. add, I would also add that the QR went from no one understanding or ever knowing what it was, and that's been around since like 1994, no one's ever used a QR code before, very few people, to now people are really kind of using QR codes all the time now. They all get what it is. Whereas no I got a new one, yes, I got a new one, I got a new one. What's old is new again. Oh my Jimmy, my you are killing it today. You are killing it. Write I'm that down, today. trademark <laughs> that. I love it, that's my new T-shirt. I love it. Listen. Tom, Jimmy loves to ask that acceleration question because it's it's really it's a it's a great question. It really is. Uh, I always like to ask operators, what's keeping you up at night now? Like what now has Tom Gordon up at night? And it could be anything. For Don't. Jimmy, it's spicy. For Jimmy, it's spicy food. But let's Jimmy, it's Tom spicy is. food. Tom, spicy what's food. keeping you up at night? <laughs> well, I, I think you know the answer I, I give this all the time to people that ask is, is speed. Like you know, we're not going fast enough. We got to get market share. We got stores on the ground. I got to get people seeing the brand and embracing what we do as everybody comes out of COVID and is trying to take market share. You know, we have to be faster. And if we're faster, then we can serve our franchisees better because we get media efficiency, logistics efficiency, pricing efficiency. And so speed is what keeps me up at night. Like we, we just can't do enough. And, you know, people say, ah, oh, you go too fast, you get in trouble. I, I don't know about that. I mean, I've been living this game for years and years and years. We have got to, continue to accelerate the pace of store growth, franchisee growth, and the, the footprint of the, of the brand across the country and across the world. That's what keeps me up at night. Well, listen, Tom, get those 600 stores open by 2025. And I'm working on it. Stop with this 2026. <laughs> Don't give up. Come on, yeah, Tom, you can do it. Faster. Cut, cut that by 12 months. Actually, I would like I would like every member of the branded team to listen to what Tom 
just said. Every member, first of all, I think a lot of people should listen, but I want every member of the branded team to listen to what Tom just said, because uh, I'm often accused of pushing the envelope and, and, and trying to sprint the marathon. I know you cannot sprint the marathon, but I do believe in times of great transformation, I do believe that speed matters. Speed um, matters, wanna, Jimmy. Speed matters. So, Shatsy, I got another one. I don't know what's going on today. must be something I ate, but I think here to here comes Shatsy. Get ready. I feel the need. <laughs> The need for speed. Jimbo, hat trick for Jimmy today. Hat I'm going, trick I'm, for Jimmy. I gotta, I, we gotta end the podcast right now because I only have downside. I have downside. We continue. Like we, I have only downside. All right, uh, Tom Cruise. That one was for you, baby. All right, listen. Uh, before we move on, uh, as you know, the majority of our listeners are in fact operators and love that and you operators out there our brothers and sisters nothing but big love for you and it's, the job you've taken it's on it's me and tom jimmy yes we are two operators yeah. we are the two listeners yes, are. and we are right. two operators thank you so some of you have years of experience and others are you know you're the new kids on the block shad you quote me on that one too new kids on the block um but no matter what level of experience you can always learn something new so tom i'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here and ask you to share the best advice you've ever been given Advice so great, you refer to it as your golden egg. I will do it, and I love this story, and you know, I will, I will talk about it till the day I die because it was so important. You know, when I had four restaurants, I was in Oklahoma City, and I got to have lunch with a guy named Ralph Mason. Ralph Mason at the time was the largest Sonic franchisee, had four hundred something Sonic restaurants, and you know, that's a lot. It's a big portfolio. The guy was living right, and he was an older guy then, and and you know, in the seventies, and I, you know, I was eating with royalty. You know, it was, I was like, holy moly. And so I'm sitting there with him and we're talking and, you know, it got to the point where I was like, listen, how do you do this? Like, I want to be like you. I want 400 restaurants and all that goes with it. And, and he goes, well, Tom, and I'm sitting there ready to catch the golden egg. I'm like, he's about to tell me how to do this right now. And I'm like, great. And he goes, one store at a time. And it, it's just so very true. Every store has got to work. You got to make them work. You got to focus on them. You can't give up. Mm-hmm. You can't go from one restaurant to 10 or 10 to a hundred. You got to go one at a time. And so I tell that story to my team all the time. It's critically important. We don't lose focus on the values and the parts and pieces in every single restaurant. You know, I went into a restaurant the other day and the, you know, the, the, the tables weren't lined up exactly right, which drives me bananas. And I, and I, and I tell them like, look, you know, why do I obsess over straight tables? It's because guests will walk in and they'll feel uncomfortable. They don't know why, and they can't articulate it, but it's because the tables aren't straight. And so I feel your pain. One, I feel your pain, man. One store at a time is is the mantra. And hey, look, that might be one store every other day, which we're going to get to at some point in the future, but it is, <laughs> it is, it is one at a time. Details matter, matter in this business, a detail-oriented business, man. If those tables aren't straight, what else is wrong? What are they doing in the kitchen? What are they cooking What's wrong? Going What's on? going on? It's a it's a big big thing that people don't understand. Details matter. Yeah, look, I I like my line is yard by yard. Um, you, you know, it, you got to grind it out yard by yard. Uh, it builds. Um, and I'll also say, um, and Tom, I think this will resonate with you. I know it. In fact, I, in fact, I know it will resonate with you. Um, Shatsy's a restaurant guy. He spent decades uh, operating stores. Um, and he's incredibly authentic. And now that he's wearing an, you know, Vester hat and we're deploying capital in the, you know, in the early stage space, the fact is his DNA is an operator guy. If we're sitting in a meeting in one of our restaurants and the bar stools aren't straight, bar chairs aren't straight, he gets up from the middle of the meeting and starts fixing them. If he sees a guest come in and the host or hostess is not at the station, 
it doesn't matter what's going on at our table. He will instinctively jump up to make sure that guest is greeted. And anytime someone tells me like, you got to tell Shots to stop doing that. I'm like, my comment is no freaking way. He is authentic. He in his, in his heart is the restaurant guy. And therefore that's the, that's how it, we're, we're making better decisions because we are trying to align ourselves with operators and what's bothering them, what opportunities they see. So that's exactly this. What you just talked about is exactly why uh, we've embraced this operator centric you know, philosophy. If it doesn't work for operators, it doesn't matter. No matter. It's got to help. It's got to deliver for the operators. All right. Um, I've rambled. I've talked. Um, and I want to keep going because oh. I'm feeling it. All right. I love we're, it, Jimmy. We're jumping I don't, in know, I don't know what you drank today, but I want some, baby. <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you, Starbucks, I think they spiked my coffee with a little extra, a little, little, little Red Bull. Red Bull and Monster in my Starbucks. Right now, Jimmy. This Starbucks is going to turn into a big, big chain. You wait and see. I think Starbucks has a chance. All right. It turns out, Tom, that while we uh, clearly, especially me, uh, we started this podcast, we, we like talking. We like talking to guests and we like, you know, pulling insights and Shatula's breaking news. But we learned along the way that sometimes our guests have questions for us. So with that in mind, we're kicking here, we're kicking off here. We're talking back, Tom. We'll give you the mic. You can ask us any question you like. Nothing's off the table. As I like to say, the microphone is yours. All right, so in all this tech space, you guys see and work with and look at all the time, which one is the biggest freaking bust? Do not do it. It sucks. Never invest in it. Never deploy it. It's the worst. Oh, good one. Wow. Shati, go ahead, man. <laughs> I was going to leave this one to you, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, I'll, I can, I'll, I'll jump in if you want, Shati. I'll attack it. Go. I'll, I'll attack it. I, I saw I saw Shachi laughing here, and I know, I know what he's laughing about. I'd say the following, Tom. Uh, first of all, in the venture world, um, and this was one of my learnings from one of my mentors, uh, being wrong and early is the same thing. Um, at the end of the day, you're gonna you're you're gonna lose. Um, so I will say, branded is at its best when our operators are sitting at the top of the funnel and identifying the tech and innovation that get their attention as a must-have, medicine, not vitamins. And when we think about leaning into the future and what will come down the road, that is when we can get ourselves in trouble. And I'm happy to say it's happened almost never, but it has happened. And specifically, we made a very early uh, investment in the voice space. And the truth is, we were early. And early is wrong. Um, and today, and I should say, we just made a, another investment in the voice space. And while um, you have to check with your parties that be as to whether or not you can disclose what's going on, on your side, uh, Shatz and I can we, can, we can, we can give up names anytime we want. We invested in a company called Valiant AI. And Valiant, um, we think, is a leading uh, voice AI platform that is now cutting edge and making the best penetration and helping operators today. So three plus years ago, before the pandemic, Voice was early, and we were wrong. Today, we think it's on point, and and as you just articulated, really helping folks like yourselves and some of the other companies that you even mentioned, the guys at Brinker, guys at CKE, um, a lot of companies are leaning into voice. Um, so again, wrong uh, and early. We were wrong three plus years ago, and I feel we're right today. Chatsy, I can't imagine you were going to. You, that's not what you were thinking about, Chatsy. You were thinking about something else, right? I think I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Jim. Okay, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, um, that was a great question, by the way. And it, you know, it is interesting though because it, 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 we talked about years. I mean, literally, it wasn't a bad idea. It was just too early. 
Wrong time. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, and, and, and again, we talk about the pandemic accelerated everything. It accelerated everything like voice. I mean, now voice on drive through is it's a big thing. Now it's a big deal. They're getting a lot of traction from big brands like slim chickens. Tom, what company are you using? Tried to get it out. Of them. You see what I did? I, I, I am happy to tell you. It's, it's a, it's, it's a group called converse now in Austin, Texas. They're I know those right. guys too. Know those guys. They're, too. they're, they're good. They're they're very good and doing great stuff. And there's a listen. There's a few companies doing it, and it's a it's a great space. We love it. Listen, we do a weekly poll, Tom. On uh, we post on LinkedIn. It's a it's a lot of fun. Every week we throw a poll up there about fun food and restaurants and food service and and what's your favorite this and what's your favorite that. Last week's poll we asked Gary Goodman, uh, founder and CEO from Yumpingo, uh, what was his favorite amusement park? Uh, it was Disney, Six Flags, Legoland, Universal. Gary overwhelmingly said it's universal, but uh, the audience picked Disney. Uh, no surprise there. Disney is the best uh, amusement park or favorite amusement park in the world. Jimmy, I can't wait for you to take Sylvie there. Please do it sooner. But, Tom, we got a new question out this week. I'm going to want to ask it to you, and then next week we'll find out how you did according uh, relative to the uh, – the thousands and thousands of people who vote. Millions, millions, uh, millions, millions of people. Millions. So it's, it's time to jump in. Dine-in, curbside delivery, now pickup pods are the various methods that restaurants are offering uh, up all their delicious food. Um, how do you prefer to get your order? drive through, curbside, pickup pods, or delivery? Tom? I, I love drive through and, and I love it because you, you can, well, because I'm such a freak, like I can time how long it takes me to get to the window and I can look in the window and see what people are doing and I can figure out how they're packing it, if it's packing right, if it's falling out in the bag. And, you know, those crazy operator things that I feel like I can learn from or if I could see my guys doing it or understand what's better or worse. You know, I mean, we always had this joke that, like, you never want a restaurant guy to go in your restaurant because they'll just pick it apart and look at everything that's always <laughs> jacked up, you know. But yes. but I do the same thing in every drive through but not necessarily all – on the negative, I want to, I want to see what people are doing. Are they, is there a better way to, to hang bags? Is there a better cup system? Is there a better POS system that's smaller? You know, how much, like, again, how fast are these drive throughs Is there better drive through technology at the order point? You know, are they using tablets? So, uh, you know, I'm just a sucker for improvement and betterment and creating, you know, what I tell my guys is a, a frictionless, you know, experience for the guest. You know, we don't want anybody to, to have a reason not to come back. So we try to improve on that all the time. I want to have that next time, Tom, I, I got to get you in this city. So you and I can go for dinner with Jimmy and we can just sit there and just be really annoying. Just pick apart the rest of the light bulbs out. There's no hands. Oh, yeah, yeah. Why is there a, 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 you know, a straw wrapper over there? <laughs> just, just have the worst meal ever. Me and you just have no, the worst meal ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes it makes my head explode. That's, that's why for to, to do a good dinner, you got to go to happy hour first. And make sure you're nice and loosened up before you go. Hundred oh, percent, man. Couple Johnny Blacks in me, and I don't I don't care anymore. I'm, I'm relaxed. Yeah, Chatsy, is it okay? Can I can I give an answer to the uh, the favorite kind of off prem, the preferred way to get? How do the, you prefer uh, get your order, Jimmy? Well, we had so you gave me drive through, curbside, drive through, curbside, pickup pods, or delivery. Yes, let me be clear. I think anyone who knows me knows I'm going. I'm going, I want to go inside and pick it up. I don't want the drive-thru. I don't want the curbside. I don't want the pod. I don't want the, I want to pick it up. You know why I'm going to go inside? So I'm choosing option five. I want to go old school pickup because there's a pretty good chance 
I get a quick, I get a quick pop at the bar. Quick, quick pop. There you go. There you go. You know, and then I, I get home. Say you could grab an extra burger to eat on the way yeah. home. <laughs> quick pop, and then it's like, oh, what took so long? Oh, the food wasn't ready, and I, I enjoyed jumping uh, at the bar. Meanwhile, with all this technology now, my, my wife will say, I know the food was ready. I saw it on the app. Food was ready. They use this great curbside uh, technology called Curbit. I know when the food was ready. You, you did something else. All right, anyway, I'm going inside to pick it up and chat with everybody. All right, um, our crystal moment. Crystal ball moment, a chance for all our guests to put on their Kreskin or Miss Cleo hat and predict the future, the future. Tom, how do you see restaurants and dining two years from now in relation to hospitality and technology? You know, I, that's a tough question because the, the pandemic threw everybody kind of for a loop. I think the guest still wants the experience. And now I think there's going to be experiences that, that are going to be pushed through drive through windows only. There's all lots of drive-through only stuff going on in the fast casual and QSR space. I, I, I do think that the experiential stuff at a lower price point is going to be an important piece of the puzzle. And then if, if that's the case, then you have experiential, you know, Asian fusion or experiential Mexican or experiential Italian food that, that may be at a lower price point and maybe really getting pushed through these multiple channels of delivery and curbside and off-premise and all the, the ways to go. But I think that the, the as you know the guest in the United States becomes more exposed in the global world, they want to try these things, and and I think they're, what you're going to see, and you know what I'll be interested in investing in is, you know, guys that can figure out a way to do a really specific, you know, Korean barbecue as a fast casual, or, or really specific, you know, Indian food as a as quick service. You know that, you know, and and look. Some may work, some may not. I mean, certainly some won't work. That's just the nature of the business. But I think the guests are wanting that type of stuff. It's not just burgers and fries and even chicken all the time anymore. It's everybody's got a got a you got a spot there. Uh, but but I think that those those things, the experiential things that are going to you know kind of filter down through the economic strata and become available to guests of all types, are, are what we're going to see in the next several years. Can't, can't argue about that, man. I mean, food is international. Everybody is, uh, is, is watching food shows and cooking shows and everybody's become a foodie right. now and, and everybody wants, a, they want a lot of different food. My kid's eating ramen and he's like, dad, you want I me? Mean, everything is just, it's, it's, it's every, every culture is just, it's, it's all over. I agree with you. And experiential is, um, uh, is another key, I think, to, to get you your, your outside and go out, I think it has to be experiential. It has to be something different. I agree 100% with you. Uh, hey, Tom, listen, we're almost done. we got one last thing to do. It's the branded quickfire. It's arguably, well, it's really not arguably. It is the greatest segment on the podcast. This is not me <laughs> speaking. This is through hundreds of thousands of emails that I get each day. Uh, this is loads and loads and sacks of mail. Yes, I still get mail from fans all over the world saying, Shaz, <laughs> your friend at Quickfire, it's just, it really, it's unbelievable. And it should really be, it may be a, a, its own reality show. It could just be the Shaz branded <laughs> Quickfire reality show. I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions. Don't think too long. Just whatever comes to mind. Are you ready? Yes. If you could be an extra on any TV show, what would it be? Lonesome Dove. Where are you getting dinner from tonight? I'm taking an IT candidate to my buddy Jeff Allison's Italian restaurant called Bordino's here in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Nice plug. I like it. Let's go Bordino's. <laughs> what is your favorite food city in the world? You know, it gets a bad rap, but London has everything. 
there's tons of great stuff in London if you just know where to look and know where to find it. Where is your favorite place to travel? Anywhere with a beach and a very non-existent cell phone signal. <laughs> and a bar. And a bar. <laughs> if and a bar. you, Jimmy and I, went fishing, who do you think has the better odds of catching that first fish? Which type of fish are we talking about? Uh, let's say uh, we'll go fly fishing and deep sea fishing. So first we'll do fly, then deep sea. Uh, me and me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? Jimmy and I don't look like fishermen? Well, I think we re I think we resemble that remark, uh, Shats. I got to say, I think we kind of do. But I like following. sushi doesn't mean we don't have fish. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, Tom, I'll say that I would I would be betting on you as well, but but kind of like that old dad joke of uh, two hikers in the woods and a bear comes upon them, and one of the hikers is like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And the other hiker is putting on his running shoes. The first guy yeah. goes, you can't outrun the bear. And the guy goes, I don't have to outrun the bear. i got to outrun you. <laughs> um, I will tell you this. The chance of Shatz having the patience to actually go through the experience of fishing and maintaining the focus is slim to none and slim, slim just left chickens, the baby. <laughs> slim, slim chickens. No, so I wouldn't beat you, but man, Chad should already be in the back of the boat. Uh, I don't know, doing something uh, certainly fun, but not as fun as catching the first fish. Okay, Tom, <laughs> I want to thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, we appreciate uh, you sharing all these great insights and the hard work um, that you and your team have done to grow some chickens and we wish you continued success and are excited to actually engage more with you and your team. Fantastic brand, fantastic company. We gotta, we gotta work to help get you, uh, in the, uh, in, in this city, this small little town known as New York, New York. Uh, we gotta, we gotta be part of the team. We now. need slim Listen. chickens in New York city. Damn it. Slim chicken. Baby. Yeah, you need it. In it, listen, if you want to get in touch with Tom directly, you can email the podcast team at podcast at brandedstrategic.com. We'd be happy to make the introduction. Uh, as, as our long-term listeners know, we no longer give out cell phones, uh, numbers, and emails. Uh, we, we now collect the, uh, the inquiries and we pass it along. To our listeners, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to tune in with us. We know there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there. And we appreciate and value that our subscribers and our, uh, our listening, listening audience just continues to grow exponentially. Please join us next week. And we're going to welcome Mr. John Davey, CEO and owner of the Buyer's Edge platform. Uh, John Davey, uh, Buyer's Edge, they are uh, truly an ally to operators um, taking so much. They got over 100,000 restaurants on that platform, Jimmy. Uh, yep. Nope. Hey, uh, it's going to be really an exciting episode, and we look forward to it. Uh, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast. You don't miss out on any exciting guests in the future. Um, and with that in mind, I'm simply going to say, uh, Mr. Tom Gordon, uh, appreciate you, my friend. Thank Best you. episode okay. ever. Oh, yeah. I told you. Okay, right, is, I, did I tell this you? This is Jimmy Frischer, your finance guy, passing it back to my boy, Mr. Schatzberg. Uh, Shatsy, AK Restaurant Guy, thanks everybody. Cheers, thank you, Tom. This was great. Hospitality Hangout. Thanks, guys. Thank you, everybody.